I would. <laughs> I absolutely would play Turtle Boy because that would be interesting. Your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm working Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to go through all of the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and everything we know about Season 5 so far. So let's get right to the news. We have a lot of casting news. So much. So much. So the first one we're going to start with is the fact that Jeremy Jordan will be returning to Supergirl in Season 5 as when shot. He will be appearing in three episodes after this season's big Arrowverse crossover. So, Morgan, are you excited that Wynn's coming back? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to be honest. After Wynn left, and I, I feel like uh, s- some of the Wynn heads, I don't know what their Wynn fans' <laughs> names are, but I'm calling them Wynn heads, are going to be like, Morgan, what? How could you forget about Wynn? But I almost immediately forgot about Wynn. <laughs> like, I, I feel like in season four i thought about win zero times <laughs> but <laughs> i am not opposed to his return when he left the show brainy came in and brainy did a good job kind of filling win's spot as it were and uh i didn't really think much about win either but i'm very curious as to why he's coming back how he comes back that kind of stuff i think story-wise will be very exciting to see how he comes back into play uh, so that will be cool to see when Shot uh, come back on the show and see how he fits into everything. I think it'll be really fun to see his interaction with Brainy because they had a really funny dynamic when uh, they were both on the show. So I, I'd be interested to see what that's like. I hope it continues to be very awkward. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of some casting news, John Cryer will be returning as Lex Luthor in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover coming later this year. So if, like me, you're a big fan of Ducky Lex Luthor, <laughs> he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I don't guess this is too much of a surprise because we saw that the monitor seemed <laughs> like he was going to revive Lex after Lena shot him. So I guess he will be uh, alive and well and causing some problems uh, for the heroes. I'm guessing. I don't know exactly what his role in Crisis on Infinite Earths will be, but I imagine he'll be up to no good. Also, I feel like you can't kill Lex Luthor. Like, no matter how many times you kill Lex Luthor, you never kill Lex Luthor. He's like a horror movie villain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. So I will be excited to see what he does when he comes back, because everyone thinks he's dead. I mean, everyone in the universe... Car wrote that big article. She thinks he's dead. 
So I don't know if that negates her article or not. She's like, whoopsies. So, yeah. So that'll be good to see uh, what he does with the crossover event. So it's good to have him back. Uh, in more crossover casting news, Tyler Hecklin and Brandon Routh will both be playing Superman in different time frames for the big Crisis on Infinite Earths event. Brandon Routh actually uh, showed off a Kingdom Come Superman t-shirt, so it appears to be a tease for which direction they will go with his version of Superman. So, of course, this is big news because Brandon Routh uh, previously played Superman in Superman Returns on the big screen, so this is going to give us two Superman on the small screen. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited about this. I, I think it'll be a cool way to show the multiverse when you I mean we've already seen if you if you watch the Arrowverse, you, we've seen multiple versions of many of these characters, but it'll be cool to see uh because a lot of times the multiple versions of the characters are the same person. Like you might have Earth One Laurel Lance and then you have Earth Two Laurel Lance both played by Katie Cassidy. Here, we're going to have two Supermen, but they're played by different characters, and they're going to be kind of different Supermen. So I think that'll be a a neat way to go about that. Yeah, I think that's going to be really fun. And I I think that it'll be really fun to have... I mean, Brandon Roth throughout the years has definitely... I feel like every project that Brandon Roth does, they're like, we have to do a Superman reference. And now he's like, I'm going to be my own Superman reference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like... Let me just be Superman this time. What if I just was Superman again? (laughs) Would that stop you all? No, it's never going to stop you all. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be fun to see how they how they work him in. So what is Kingdom Come? I'm just going to ask the question because I don't know. Well, um, maybe sometime in the future for Supergirl Radio, maybe we'll cover it at some point. Um, Oh, uh uh, so. Uh, and I don't have any solid plans on that, so don't get too excited about it. <laughs> but it could be something we could cover later, maybe, maybe next hiatus or something. Yeah, that could be fun. So Kingdom Come is a it's a story. It's a it's a it's a. I guess it would be technically. Uh, I always get trade paperback and graphic novel confused because, like, I don't know exactly how they're packaged. Um, but it's basically a collection of comics in this big story, and it is. I like to think about it in terms of like old Superman, old Batman, old Wonder Woman, like kind of in the future. Like the the Kingdom Come Superman has like gray hair. Um, the Kingdom Come Batman is like, I mean, he is just mangled up. He's got like braces all over him. Um, and so this is this is a story of kind of what would it look like if they if they were older, like not in their prime. So uh, I and it's actually. What I think is really interesting about it is it has a lot of religious imagery and um, specifically a lot of Christian imagery and like Bible verses kind of woven throughout it. So it's very um, it's very spiritual in that way. And so it's a very unique kind of story. Um, But that that kingdom come Superman is kind of an older Superman. So he definitely won't look I I don't anticipate him looking uh, Brandon Routh. I don't anticipate him looking like he does in Superman Returns. I think he's gonna. Hmm. I think he's gonna be kind of a, an older veteran, <clears throat> kind of Superman. Intriguing. It's actually a pretty good story. Uh, highly, highly recommend it for anybody who is a fan of the comics. That's nice. We should do that at some point. That sounds fun. I think you would enjoy it. It's a, it's a unique take. Yeah, I like those like sort of Elseworlds, like like Red Sun and stuff like that. I, I enjoy those. Yeah, you would like it. 
Uh, speaking of Tyler Hecklin's Superman, Elizabeth Tulloch will reprise her role as Lois Lane in Crisis on Infinite Earths, which will also feature uh, Tyler Hecklin's Superman. Not only that, but will also meet Clark and Lois's child in the five-hour multiverse-threatening event. So we're gonna get we're gonna get two Supermans, a Supergirl, a Lois Lane, and Baby Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess that will be the future Superboy. And I read in that description uh, the five-hour uh, multiverse event. Wow, that's a lot of hours. Can that be right? There's, hold on. There's Flash and Arrow and Supergirl. Is Legends and Legends is in it this time? That's four. What am I missing? I don't know, but that's that's what. Where's it the said. other hour coming from? <laughs> it said it in the um the EW article, and I was like, what? Uh, let's see. Where's the yeah, EW mentions the five-hour multiverse-threatening event. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not entirely sure. Are we going to get two episodes from one of the shows? I wonder. So either Entertainment Weekly is wrong, or we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with the schedule when they put it out. I'm curious about Weird. That. Me too. Well, and as far as new characters go, Supergirl has added new series regular Julie Gonzalo as Andrea Rojas, uh, also known as Akrata in the comics. Uh, in the comics, she is a vigilante who hails from Central America and specifically targets organized crime. On the show, Andrea is a polished businesswoman and heir to a Central American tech empire who is now making a hostile advance into the world of media. Of course, there's a twist. Uh, And this is the uh, character description. It says she also holds a mystical secret. So uh, we will be seeing her in the season five premiere. And uh, as I was going through Andrea Rojas from the comics, because I knew the name, but I couldn't quite place her. Uh, I went back and uh, Andrea Rojas was featured in season five of Smallville as the angel angel of vengeance. And I was like, oh, of course, that's where I know her from. Uh, So we will be doing a character spotlight on Andrea Rojas. And of course, we will talk about the angel of vengeance uh, because that uh, plays a big part of season five of Smallville. And I also recognize the actress. A lot of times these these people will come on Supergirl, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I haven't seen this person before. But this one I actually did. She was on uh, Dallas when they did the Dallas. Uh, it wasn't a remake. I guess it was kind of a reboot of Dallas on TNT, and she was on there. And she was on there with Brenda Strong. Who she sure has, was. Who has <laughs> been on Supergirl as Lillian Luther. So um, I'd be into a Dallas reunion if they wanted to put them in scenes together. But I, I think she's a really strong actress. So I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. Yeah, me too. I, I know also know her from uh, the that Dallas reboot that I watched. Uh, and I enjoyed it. And I thought she was a uh, she was really good. She was also apparently in. Uh, I only remember this because I watched the new season of Veronica Mars. But apparently she was also in Veronica Mars, which I kind of forgot. I think she was in like the third season or something like the college years or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and uh, rewatch that, which would not be a problem for me because I enjoy some Veronica Mars. I have not watched the new season, so don't spoil me. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so apparently she was also on Veronica Mars, which means she's good people. Uh, so that's very exciting that Andrea Rojas will be on the show, but she is not the only new addition to Supergirl's cast. 
Stas Nair has been cast in the in the series regular role of William Day, an original character created for the show. He is a hardened reporter, and they say Day is a cynic and a sellout who looks down on Kara's earnest idealism and is only interested in getting the story. However, quote, his ties to the criminal underworld could prove problematic, unquote. Yeah, that seems like that's a, a fair statement. And uh, like uh, Julian Gonzalo, uh, Nair will make his debut in the season opener. So he'll, we'll see both of these new characters in the season premiere. Um, and also during the Super Bowl panel, Jessica Queller mentioned that uh, William Day uh, w- would be uh, uh, mostly – she, she – uh, characterized him as a foil so we get this uh this uh cynic she's uh, that car is going to go up against and and he'll be some something of a foil for car which is good because i was worried and we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get kind of in the season five uh story and character part of our our, our sdcc recap but it, there wasn't a lot of like story for Kara being talked about and i was like oh well, this seems like something. So I'm glad to, to get to know a new character, but also to know that something is going to be, Car is going to be doing something this season. So that's good. What if he comes on the scene and just immediately starts snapping? <gasps> just snapping up a storm. <laughs> I would be upset because then I'd be like, but Snapper didn't get to do it. Why does he get to do it? I would have I would have mixed emotions. Me too. I would be happy and also sad <laughs> for what we could what we could have had. <laughs> we were so close. We could have had it all. Um, <laughs> Jesse Rath revealed that his sister Megan Rath will appear as a female version of Brainiac Five, which is something he's been pitching since he was cast. Which I also uh, think is adorable. And also, if you've ever seen uh, Sci-Fi Channel's Being Human, you know that Megan Rath is amazing. So I'm excited to see her on the the show. She's one of the best actresses I've ever seen to play a ghost. She is. She crushes that ghost life. She crushed it as a ghost. Uh, but yeah, she is actually a really great actress, and so I'm excited to see what she brings to the show. But I'm kind of uh, jealous and maybe a little bit bitter because Jesse Rath is getting his pitches put into the show. What about our pitches? <laughs> Why don't we get our pitches put into the show? We have some really good pitches. Uh, so I guess, um, but it took Jesse Rath a long time to get this pitch to to you know uh happen so maybe we just have to wait it out maybe we just have to keep going so we'll we'll keep pitching um and new rachel sent in some thoughts about this news about jesse's sister coming on the show and she writes quote i'm excited to see her on screen in addition to her brother and i hope a brainiac family slash brainiac five part two character spotlight is coming as well unquote uh, I hate to be the one to break this to you, new Rachel, but we are not going to do a character spotlight on uh, this female Brainiac 5 just because we don't know anything about her. It's kind of hard to do a spotlight on a character you don't even know their name. <laughs> you know, like we, don't, <laughs> we don't know anything about her. Um, I guess we could expand more on Brainiac's family, but uh, Wendy did a really good job on that Brainiac uh, 5 character spotlight uh, that we did last year. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, we'll prob- we probably won't do it, but we do have some character spotlights uh, coming up before the show starts. Uh, so we'll we'll have to get to those. But um, uh, we'll have to see what she she does. I, I don't know if this is another Brainiac Five from another Earth. I don't. I we don't we don't know what she really is going to be doing. So, because there's no real information, there's nothing really to go on. I like to have something something to grab onto with a character spotlight, a name, 
uh, a character trait, some, you know, something, something. Uh, a name would typically be helpful. Uh, so unfortunately, we can't do that. But uh, thank you for the suggestion. Maybe in the future, we will expand into Brainiac's, uh, Brainiac 5's family and see how that goes. after Baker got ousted, people would be motivated to fight harder than ever for social change. And it seems like they're all just hiding behind their gadgets. Technology makes escaping an addiction. What happened to the simple pleasure of greeting another person with words? No one's paying attention to what's actually happening in the real world. I trust in technology, not people. Not anymore. People are governed by feelings. Anger, hurt, sadness, rage. Your friends have been lying to you from the start. Every last one. Leviathan is coming. special moment in time. We're on the precipice of wondrous things. I'm determined to have Obsidian tech in every household within the year. Obsidian North will change the fabric of what it means to be human. I'm not a villain. I don't want to kill Supergirl. I just want her to experience the same hurt she inflicted on me. And soon enough she will. Kara? Yeah, I didn't... We've covered some of our, our season five casting news and talking about the actors and uh, the new characters. Let's get into what we actually learned about themes and uh, the regular characters that uh, we know and love and some of the storylines that might be happening. And uh, all of these things we're going to talk about, we learned at, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And uh, the, all the information that we gathered came from the uh, panel, from the live tweeting that OG Rachel did for us. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we looked at news articles that were released before Comic-Con, and we also uh, were uh, given audio from uh, Corinne McCreary. So thank you, Corey, for uh, sharing that audio with us from your roundtable experience. Uh, so the first thing that we're going to go through is the uh, what the showrunners gave us to uh, to to digest about what we might see in season five. So in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Jessica Queller uh, referred to Supergirl season five as their Black Mirror season. She said, quote, what we're looking at is how technology is impacting the way people engage and giving them an escaped an escape not to engage. It seems like nowadays everyone is kind of on their phones or not really present. And so we wanted to speak to that and kind of how it might be hard to live in the ugliness of what's going on and how a character like Kara can try and help us overcome that. 
It speaks to a lot of the stuff the characters will be going through, unquote. So my question, Morgan, is have you seen Black Mirror? Because I don't really know what she's talking about. I sure have seen Black Mirror. Um, It is a British uh, TV show. And it's sort of an anthology format. So it takes, like, every episode is different. And a couple of the episodes, like, sort of vaguely connect together. But for the most part, every episode is, like, a standalone story. It's very, um, like, it's like a dark Twilight Zone, almost, where the whole theme, but the whole theme of it is um, the ways in which technology might change in the future and what that those impacts on like society might be so like for instance there's an episode where everybody has these like like i don't know they're like contacts or something in their eye that like records every single thing that they do and they like play it back and be like oh can you believe this thing happened or can you believe that thing happened and they show it as like you know if you get in an argument with your spouse you can just play back like Somebody can say, oh, I didn't say that. And you can play back the tape immediately. Uh, stuff like that. So it's it's really interesting. And like the whole, um, they also had one that was sort of vaguely about social media where it was about like you get points. Like it's like a point system where everybody can score each other. So after every interaction and then the points that you have like uh, impact your ability to like buy a house in a good neighborhood or you know so so this one girl wants to improve her point score so she can get this nice house so she wants to go to her like an old friend's wedding where her friend is like really highly rated because she's like kind of like an influencer and she's like oh all of her fancy friends will like score me high and then I'll be able to um get get this like get this house because only like four points or above can like live in this neighborhood it's kind of crazy so it kind of takes like a little bit of what's going on with technology and society now and then takes it to like a crazy end point and is like what if this is what happens so it's it's a really interesting show yeah uh some of that sounds crazy but some of that is actually being implemented in countries and parts of the world now it's absolutely nuts it will the funny thing the funny thing about black mirror is that you'll watch these episodes and you'll be like that is insane and then like two years later you'll read some story like some story online about like yes like a country that's like we're actually going to try this scoring system or uh there's one episode that was all about um it, it was a really complicated episode but like part of it was about like these sort of um robot bees basically because you know how all of a lot of our bees are dying and that's a a problem for us is you know humanity so they have these robot bees that are like pollinating plants uh and then a couple and then so i watched that episode and then maybe a year later i read some article about robot bees and i was like no did did the robot bees turn on them oh you bet they did I mean, spoiler alert, not spoiler alert. If you have any kind of robot, it's going to turn on you. Uh, so note to self, stay away from the robot bees or any bees, really. I, I try to keep my distance from most bees, no matter robot or, or not. Um, yeah, so I have conflicts about, I, I think this is a cool idea. I think this is definitely something I think we can all relate to. I've tried to put my phone down a lot of the time just to force myself to put it down. So that is something we all, I think, 
I think it's safe to say that most people have an issue with this. Like we all kind of get addicted to social media, to our phones. You know, I, I see a lot of people, you know, just looking down on their phones all the time. So it is something that is uh, topical for uh, today's um, culture. But I, it sort of bothers me on some level because I don't, there, I, this is going to sound really negative. I think that there are two ways that this this show could approach Supergirl stories and how they write episodes. One of them is to start with a theme like they have been doing, and then they write stories to that theme. But my preference as a Supergirl fan is to start with what story do we want to tell about Kara and then expand on that and make the theme come around her. And so I guess I'm kind of disappointed that we're getting another season like we got last season they're they're not going political so much but it's kind of the same storytelling process and so i was hoping for something a little different this time around but uh but you know i'll I'll see how it goes maybe they say a a character like Kara can try and help us overcome this kind of addiction to technology and and how it might be creating negative things so maybe it will end up being good for Kara. I just wish they would try something a little different in terms of uh, formatting the season around Kara and not so much a theme. So I- I'll get I'll give it a shot and see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. They 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 tend to take like a theme forwards approach or backwards approach where it's like, okay, this is our theme now. What can we do with the characters that sort of vaguely fits the theme? And instead of being like, well, this is what Kara has been through in the last season and where would her character be in this season so I feel like I agree with you I I feel like also I mean we'll talk about this more but I watched the panel um from San Diego and I didn't hear a whole lot besides pants 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 and uh how her new uh her new look makes her mature for some reason uh I didn't hear because apparently skirts and tights are um not mature oh yeah we'll we'll get into that I didn't hear a, a whole lot about what's you know what's going on with Kara and I feel like one of both of our problems with this show in general is that it's a Supergirl show uh, that forgets about Supergirl a lot of the time. Like sometimes we'll, I'll watch an episode and I'll be like, what was, what was Supergirl's story in that episode? And I have to like really think about it. So I hope that this season they do spend a little bit more time thinking about something that's going to be like a good storyline for Kara and for Supergirl. Cause it's her show and it doesn't matter if she's in every episode or every scene. If she's not, if she doesn't have a full interesting character arc, my personal preference is, and this is, if I was writing the show, this is not their choice and that's, that's fine. It's a different technique. It's a different way to format episodes and seasons, but I would want to be able to look at each season and be like, oh, this is the season that Kara did this. This is how she grew this season, you know, like and be able to follow her progress through the seasons. But it and we'll get well, maybe we should save all this for the Kara discussion. <laughs> but it's uh, 
it, it's 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 a struggle, like you mentioned, to, to really kind of find that progression for her. So um, I ho- I'm hoping that while the theme sounds really cool and I, I think it's a, a thing that can really be explored and I, I definitely think Kara can be a character to help us explore some of this, but I just I just really hope the car doesn't get lost in in the uh, in the process. Um, and also, uh, I take a little bit of offense as a podcaster about the uh, negative look into technology, because our whole deal is that we record through microphones and into laptops, and we use Skype. And we, we we post it out to a website, and then we publish to social media, and that's how people consume it. And the listeners uh, use their technology to write us back and send us feedback. So, uh, I don't know. As a as a as a podcaster, I might get a little offended by this season's theme. I don't know. I'm gonna hold, <laughs> I'm gonna hold out and see what happens. I have to say, I I do get nervous anytime uh, a show is like this is going to be our technology season because I feel like by and large, anytime I watch a TV show that's talking about technology, it sounds like, um, talking to a very old person who doesn't understand technology. <laughs> it's it's like the kids these days with their Tinder and their, <laughs> and their Twitter. And you're like, what are you talking about it? It's like, it's like, I remember way back in the, like the day when Buffy was on, um, TV and there, they had like a whole episode about like internet stranger danger. And that's what a lot of like, sometimes when, when shows decide to tackle technology, that's kind of what it reminds me of. (laughs) It's like, no, the monster is the person on the other side of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh no, (laughs) am I going to feel, am I going to feel like Supergirl is like my old aunt? (laughs) 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 Post the same five memes on Facebook every day. Am I going to, am I going to be embarrassed for Supergirl? I hope not. (laughs) She might, have to stop blobbing she might have to stop blobbing <laughs> that's part of the technology and that that's a whole thing with cat and i guess i could play into catco and uh the the new character of andrea who comes in and how they maybe they're gonna put catco in in uh you know the future because they they've been a magazine for a while and <laughs> i don't really think magazines are a thing much anymore so maybe that maybe this will be good for catco that's true it could be. Um, okay, so and uh, and also in terms of what the showrunners had to say at San Diego Comic Con, uh, we got a little bit uh, talk about Leviathan. Uh, Robert Rovner said, "quote It's an organization that tries to move the needle to protect the planet. Their agenda gets incorporated to our season, unbeknownst to the rest of our characters, because nobody knows they've been working in the shadows forever." We were excited about this idea that even when we think Lex is acting alone, there are even people bigger than Lex, especially in this Black Mirror season, unquote. Uh, yeah, so I think that the Leviathan thing uh, uh, in season five could be really intriguing. I've, one of the things I've been wanting is to have a little mystery in the show. I feel like sometimes I can predict what things are, you know, I predicted early on in the season we were going to get a Russian collusion uh, mention and we did. Uh, so I can, I can, I've been able to predict a lot of things that were going to happen. And so I think this little mystery of Leviathan and who these people are and 
what their agenda is. I, I think that's a good, uh, fresh thing for the show to explore. Yeah, I'm excited to find out what that is because I'm like very interested. Also, I love e, uh, Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> and uh, this means, if this means more uh, Tessmacher in all of her many, uh, her many forms, I will take it. I'm very excited for more Eve and I think she will definitely have a big uh, role to play in the Leviathan story in season five. And um, I thought it was interesting, just a comparison. Uh, Robert Rovner also told Entertainment Weekly that season four was really about, quote, us dealing with big ideas. And season five is about us dealing with people. And so it's a much more personal season, unquote. So I definitely hope that's the case. I would rather get back to uh, focusing on the characters. Season four felt like it was trying to be very topical and it didn't really there were some character moments throughout the season but it felt like it was a big uh narrative they were trying to push so i'm glad it's going to get back to focusing on the characters yeah i feel like um the characters got a little bit lost during that season um so i'm excited for them to say okay we're we're doing we're putting more of a focus on character this season yeah because i mean that's why we watch the show is because we like these characters so um i'm excited to see what what that means for them all right so we sort of briefly mentioned Kara danvers and supergirl so i guess we can talk about what we learned about her in this uh san diego comic con news uh, I, I just want to uh, mention that uh, Corey, Corey, uh, Corinne McCreary of Supergirl Power Hour and Titans Podcast uh, said we could use uh, the audio recorded uh, at that roundtable. And I thought it was really funny. This is not a, a huge, big topic of news, but Melissa Benoist said the word topical when she was talking <laughs> about the political issues of season four. And I just thought that was funny because that's basically the way we've been referring to everything. So... It, do- it doesn't mean that she listens to Supergirl Radio. I would like to think it would uh, indicate that, but I just thought it was funny. She said the word topical. And I also thought it was interesting in that roundtable, she also mentioned that she thought the show was stronger when it gets more political. And uh, I would agree to disagree there, Melissa Benoist. <laughs> I think it actually makes the show weaker, but it's interesting to hear her perspective on that. Uh, Melissa Benoist at San Diego Comic-Con also said that she is interested in exploring stories about what it means to be a woman in today's world and how women interact with each other. And I wondered if that was uh, maybe talking about the Carolina dynamic, because that is going to be a big issue in season five after what happened to, to, to Lena in, at the end of season four when she found out that Kara was Supergirl. So uh, if you want to talk about how women interact with each other, that storyline would be a good way to do that. Yeah, I'm interested to to see what that's what's that what that is uh, that she's referring to, uh, because I would love it if uh, if there's more Kara and Lena content in, in this upcoming season, which I feel like there has to be now with the way that they left things. But I think that their relationship is always so interesting to watch and and is always kind of fraught because of that secret. So now that that secret is in some ways been revealed it's not exactly out in the open that she knows uh i'm wondering what that is going to mean for them moving forward and they teased a little bit about uh that relationship in the season five trailer they released at san diego comic-con where uh, i don't know exactly what's happening but lena seems to be shooting some eye daggers at Kara, and Kara's <laughs> crying 
And then it looks like Lena confronts Supergirl and calls her Kara and then tries to punch her. So there's going to there's gonna be a some drama between the two of them. And that's actually very exciting for me. I think that will be a, a really, really uh, good bit of drama to watch in season five. So I'm excited. But I'm excited about that. Uh, well, we also got news that Melissa bon- Benoist will be making her directorial debut in Supergirl Season 5, going behind the camera for Episode 17. Uh, it sounds like she has, uh, she sat in on a concept meeting for the Season 5 premiere while shadowing producing director Jesse Warren and plans on shadowing director Tanya McKiernan. Uh, Melissa has wanted to do this since Season 3 but couldn't last year during Season 4 because of some scheduling conflicts. And uh, Melissa said, quote, I just felt really drawn to it for a couple of seasons now just because you know the character so well and you get to know the character and the world and the tone of the show so well that you can't help but envision certain scenes in a certain way. And she says she wanted to play with that. So I think this is great. Yeah, that's going to be really great for her. And I'm really excited to see what she brings to the show because I thought that uh, David Harewood's episode this season was really good. And I think that the actors bring something uh, interesting to the show because they sort of live in those characters. Yeah, so I, I think she'll she'll do a really good job. So I'm looking forward to episode 17, seeing what she brings uh, to the directorial chair. Do we get to scene where maybe you try and cut the hair or do we get an explanation <laughs> about how you cut Sadly, your hair? Sadly, we don't, but I do know how it happens. Oh, how does it happen? Because this is how Clark Kent also shaves. She, she laser beams into a mirror which reflects right. back and <laughs> and that's how he shaved his double. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what I've been told. In addition to Kara and Supergirl getting bangs in season five, Supergirl is also getting a new super suit. So, Morgan, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this new suit because we've had the skirt for four seasons and now we're getting something different. What are your thoughts? Okay. So, I have a lot of thoughts on the suit. Um, I feel like I'm going to be controversial. Because I've seen a lot of people say, like, it's awesome. It's badass. And I'm glad that those people love it. Uh, I I preferred the old suit. Uh, maybe I'm a purist. Maybe I just like skirts. Uh, <laughs> I I think that the my problem with this suit is that it's so samesies. It's just, it's blue all the way down. And I think that the red skirt gave the old suit like a little bit of visual pop. So it wasn't just like she was in like a like a like a jumpsuit, like um like a super powered Charlie's Angel. Like she <laughs> she had something a little bit different. And like so this suit has she's got the red boots and she's got the belts. And the belt is pretty cool. Um, but I don't know the promo. I feel like the, also the promo picture that they released, she looks cool and she's power walking and there are sparks flying for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, maybe she just destroyed a building behind her. Who knows? But it's very dark. Like the, the color scheme is very dark. And so it all kind of just blends together. When I saw the set photos, I kind of thought to myself, all right, that's better. But, uh, I I still feel like I'm a Supergirl suit 1.0 fan. I don't I don't love this version. I'll get used to it. And and I guess what's most important is that Melissa is warm. Like yeah. it's it's cold in Van- I get it. It's cold in Vancouver. She was in a skirt and a pair of tights, and I bet her legs were always goosebumpy 
and uh, and cold. And now her legs will be warmer. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it functionally. Like, logistically, they, they did it because of the cold factor in Vancouver. I totally understand. And I I, I think they, they can make that work. And that's why we saw in season four, Supergirl had that uh, kind of anti-kryptonite suit. And then we saw Red Daughter with the pants as well. So... Uh, so they have incorporated uh, some different costumes for Kara and and for Melissa to wear. And I think it's, you know, it's important to note that Supergirl throughout her comic history, and I even, if you, if you listen to the Supergirl presentation I did at Atlanta Comic Con, I talked about this quite a bit, that if you look through Supergirl's history, they have so many different costume designs for her in the comics. Uh, and even in, you know, the animated stuff and even on Smallville, she had a, a couple of different looks. So it's not unheard of for Supergirl to get a costume change. And I'm open to it. And, you know, I think it'll be fine. We will get used to it. But I also and I and to your point about the blue and the the red skirt, the red skirt being a pop on the, the blue color wise. I don't mind the all the way blue because that's the way Henry Cavill's uh, Superman suit is. And I think his suit looks great or his suits. He had a couple of different suits. Uh, so I don't mind that personally. What I do have an issue with is that uh, I've seen some people say that this is character progression for her to have this costume change. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Because in season one, season one, the whole thing about season one was Kara was trying to get out of Superman's shadow. And so she was trying to find her own identity. And so I liked that she didn't have a costume that looked like Superman because it made her different. It made her stand out. And so now she has a, she has a Superman costume on is basically what it looks like. And it even has the same kind of way the, the cape comes around and attaches to the suit. Yeah, that's also my problem with it, too. Like, it, it's the Superman suit, essentially. Like, she's Superman now. Like, it's, it's if you put her next to, and it looks so much like the Henry Cavill suit, uh, that I think that if you put her next to, like, uh, Henry Cavill in, you know, Man of Steel or something, they would just look like they were straight twinning. Which is my dream. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just them next to each other in the suits, back to back, arms crossed. Oh, that you're describing <laughs> solving what, crimes. You're, you're <laughs> describing like uh, my literal dreams. Um, but uh, and I think she looks great. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that she looks fantastic. Um, and I I will say the first picture that they put out of her, like in the warehouse or whatever, that was a terrible choice. Why did why did they put that out as the first shot that people are going to see? They should have put this 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 like poster looking shot out. That's a, with the with the destruction and the sparks. They should have put that one out first. Uh, so the the first one that I saw was like her in this warehouse. You could not see any of the details. It looked it did not look good in that first shot. I was not impressed. But at least with this better looking picture, I was at least happy, even though it looks just like. Tyler Hecklin's Superman suit. The thing I do appreciate is that it does have the, the like the red lining on her arms that are are very prominent in her uh, Supergirl suit 1.0, and that's what I always thought was really cool about that suit was that you know Wynn makes it for her, and so I like that there's still a little bit of that hand stitch, you know, c- kind of looks like it's hand stitched still in there. 
So I appreciate that because it does sort of feel like Supergirl suit. Um, and it, it's still her S shield sort of retains that same kind of feel from her other S shield. But I don't know. I just I kind of feel like it's character regression uh, because it just it just feels like she put on a Superman suit. So I get why they did it. And I think she looks great in it. And Supergirl does have a history of changing costumes. Uh, so this is just going to be one of those things. But it uh, it just seems like she's she's going a little backwards. So uh, that's the problem I have with it. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to see. I, I think the, what I think what would make me uh, feel better about it is if it was incorporated into the story. Like if she's like, oh man, my 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 skirt got ruined. What am I going to do? And so they, <laughs> so they make a new suit. That would if they just show up in the season five premiere and she's got this new suit on. They don't talk about it. I'm going to be like, what? So if they can incorporate it into the story, I'll feel better about it. What I think that they should do is they should be like, oh, my God, National City is going through a, like, cold snap. And it's so <laughs> freezing. And she's like, I can't do it anymore, you guys. My legs are freezing. And then uh, Wynn comes back from, like, the <gasps> wherever he is from the future. He, he's back from the future, and he's like, don't worry, I, I come bearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they bring back Wynn. It's, she's so cold, and she's like, I need a new suit, and no one else can do it. And then, like, Wynn comes with, like, a, a sewing machine from the future. He's like, <laughs> did I hear new suit? <laughs> <laughs> he, boy, he was kind of the seamstress of this, the show. He made everybody suits, so that would make sense. Well, um, that's unfortunately that's all we got out of Supergirl uh, news. Really, that Melissa is going to direct an episode. She's got bangs now. She's got a new suit. You're forgetting the most important part about her her storyline next year, which is pants, pants, pants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I never hear the pants, pants, pants chant again, I will feel so much better about my life. Pants chant. They really went out on the pants, 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 pants. It it was okay. You did it the first time. It was good. <laughs> uh, so that's all we got out of Kara and Supergirl. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Alex. Um, in regards to Alex Danvers trying to adopt, they have said that they want to treat the story very respectfully as a part of Alex's future growth and that it doesn't really have to happen this second. So they're going to take their time with it. And uh, but it's but it's a big deal that Alex wants to be with someone who has the same dreams as her in regards to adopting. And uh, Kyler basically talked a lot about how they want to take things one step at a time with the Alex and Kelly relationship, which I thought was hilarious considering at the end of season four, they went full steam ahead. <laughs> you know, it was it didn't seem to have a really slow burn there at the end of season four. So I guess they're going to, in season five, kind of take it a little slower. So that I would be open to that. I, I think that would be a, a good choice. Yeah, I was also confused when they were like, you know, we're going to take it one step at a time with Alex and Kelly. And I was like, are they not fully together now? Did I misread uh, th that kiss that happened? And then, like, the next scene is them, like, all like all lovey-dovey, like, in a group scene. Like, clearly everyone knows they're together. It was a, I don't know. I feel like uh, maybe what they could have done is they could have let that relationship breathe for a little bit and then started to develop it this season uh, instead of pushing them together last minute at the end of last season 
But uh, maybe when we come back, they're going to be like, listen, things have moved a little bit too fast. You probably shouldn't have moved in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, maybe that. Maybe when they talk about taking things one step at a time, maybe they're talking about the adoption. Maybe maybe they're referring to maybe Alex and Kelly eventually adopting a child together. Could you imagine if if we come back and they're like fully talking about adopting a child? Like we haven't seen any of their relationship. <laughs> they're just like they're in it now. They're looking at baby name books, and <laughs> it would not surprise me at all. I no, think, me neither. I think we should prepare ourselves for that. Uh, <laughs> Kyler also, this was interesting. She talked about Alex trying to get her footing back in the DEO. So we saw a lot in season four of how she did take a step back because of Colonel Haley being in the picture. So I'd be interested in seeing what uh, Alex is going to do at the DEO <laughs> because she was director and she wasn't directing anything. She was director in name only. I will. I will be interested to see if they have her really be director Danvers this season and actually head up the DEO or if there will be some like new foil for her so that she never is the actual director. Like, <laughs> director Bones. <laughs> director Bones. I will. I'll take it. If it's director Bones, <laughs> that's how you win us over. Yes. He, he can, he can shove Alex out of the DEO any day. Oh yeah. That's fine. And speaking of directing, Kyler Lee will be directing an episode of Supergirl in season six. Uh, apparently they only they have a rule that you can only allow for one new director per season. And since Melissa Benoist is already directing one in season five, they're going to give Kyler the chance next season. So I'm glad they're giving the, these actors opportunities to get behind the camera. Yeah, that's awesome. Also, it does sort of seem like I guess we're getting a season six. Yeah, it sounds like uh, <laughs> they're already expecting season six. So I guess uh, Supergirl Radio has been renewed for season six. Just yeah. uh, preemptively <laughs> <laughs> announcing that. Uh, so, yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, yeah, and to round out the uh, uh, Alex and Kelly news, uh, Ozzy Tespai says that Kelly has a new job at uh, Obsidian Tech, and she'll be working with new character Andrea Rojas in Season 5. And this will put Kelly in some serious danger. So this is a, a good thing that, uh, not that she's going to be put in danger, but that she's going to get some story. I'm glad to see that uh, Kelly's going to get uh, some good stuff to do with some new characters and a new company. So I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this Obsidian tech and see uh, what they are going to be doing in season five. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really interesting um, storyline, especially as they're like, it's their Black Mirror season. They're doing all of this uh, technology and stuff. I do feel like it'll uh, tie into some characters a little bit easier, like Brainy and Lena, than than other characters. But it's it's cool to see that, like, because I was kind of wondering, okay, what is Kelly's deal now? Does she just wander around the show talking to people who've had some trauma? Like, does <laughs> does she is she just the roving therapist for our gang? Um, so it does look like she's gonna have a job. And uh, is going to be uh, tied into the storyline of the season. My question about what is she going to be doing at Obsidian Tech? Is she going to be a therapist for people or is she just like, I'm going to change careers totally? I don't know. I'm I'm interested to know what that's going to be. So we'll have to wait and see on Kelly in season five because uh, we, we know she's got some story, but we uh, need to know more information. Well, and uh, speaking of information, we've got some stuff on Jean. 
In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Robert Revner spoke about Jean's brother, Malefic, which I am continually upset that people are spelling it <laughs> two different ways. Pick a spelling, please. How could you have expected anything different? <laughs> Ugh, the Martian stuff drives me nuts, and they'll probably pronounce it two different ways. <laughs> uh, but uh, Malefic, which is what I'm going with right now, uh, is coming onto the show in season five. And Robert Rovner said about him, uh, quote, I think the monitor wants to make sure Jean is ready for the crisis that is coming. This is Jean's test. And I think it's an interesting story because there are levels to that relationship that even Jean wasn't aware of that will take them on a on quite a journey and impact everybody in our cast. What's fun about Mal is that since he's a shapeshifter, he will shapeshift in every episode that he's in. And Phil Lamar will only voice the Martian version of him so he won't have a regular actor that embodies Mal. Whenever we see him, it'll be different, unquote. Which I think is a cool choice because uh, then they can have different people come in and play uh, Malefic. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a unique way to play this this character and really showcase the shape-shifting abilities of the Martians. And uh, speaking of Jean, uh, David Harewood will also be directing an episode in season five. He'll be directing five eleven, so he'll get another chance behind the camera. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad for him because he he did do a good job last season. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does uh, in season five. Yeah, he did a great job. I'm I'm excited. Um, so in terms of James and what is happening for him in season five, sadly we got news that uh, Makad Brooks is leaving the show. Uh, Entertainment Weekly reports that he is departing on his own accord in order to focus on feature films and develop a cable series in which he would star. He's also currently writing a book. Although there aren't any details on how the character will be written off the show, the door is always open for him to return. So, Morgan, what are your thoughts on uh, James Olsen leaving the show in season five? I have the title of his book. <laughs> My- <laughs> My life is a turtle. Turtle, <laughs> turtle boy unveiled. <laughs> uh, I some other pitches for his book. Um, living on a prayer. Dot 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 under my desk. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm at, I'm sad that uh, that Makad Brooks is leaving. Um, Mostly because I, I like the actor, um, and I've always felt that he's been underutilized on the show. Like I don't blame him whatsoever from like a career job perspective for being like, "All right, I'm I'm leaving," uh, because I felt like they never knew what to do with James. They tried; he was closer to Jimmy Olsen or James, the grown man Olsen, yes. in uh, in season one. Uh, and then they were like, I guess we're not feeling that. And then they tried <laughs> the Guardian stuff. And then they were like, ugh, do we like this even? And then they kind of <laughs> gave up on the Guardian stuff. And then they unveiled his identity. And then the whole of National City, in one motion, shrugged at his <laughs> hair. <laughs> and then they did like... I don't know. Then he was a, a journalist, and then he's the president of CatCo. And he and dated Lena. Dated Lena. I forgot about that because that was a very memorable storyline. <laughs> I mostly remember how he lived under his desk. Those were good times, and I love them. Um, they, they, every season was like, 
what personality will James have this year? And will they abandon it halfway through the season (laughs) for something else? Uh, So I can absolutely understand his maybe aggravation or, you know, being a little unhappy with the writing, the character. I'm not sure. Maybe that's not why he's leaving. I'm sure he's, it sounds like he's got a lot of other uh, irons in the fire, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's some of it, like um, just being written that inconsistently. I think Uh, he got to be a superhero for like, one second until the show got disinterested in him being a superhero. And I did feel like from a lot of the interviews that I read with him where he was like, Oh, I'm so excited to be guardian. And then if you think about how that guardian storyline went, like, could you imagine like somebody tells you you're going to be a superhero and you are a superhero for like, a couple of episodes and then you're like, wait, it feels like I haven't superheroed in a while and I'm standing right in front of somebody who's in trouble. Why am I taking photos again? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's right. You know what? We forgot. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm more sad. I'm not as sad about Jimmy leaving the show because unfortunately, and I hate to say this, I don't feel like he's a needed presence, but I feel like it's not any fault of the character or the actor. I feel like it's the writing. They just never knew how to work him into the show in a way that made sense. And so they just kept trying anything that would stick. And so... I mean, it kind of felt to me almost inevitable that at some point either the actor was going to move on or the show was going to be like, we're tired of trying things with this character and would have like written him out in some way. It's such a shame, too, because he could be a needed character. Jimmy Olsen, James, the grown man Olsen, could be a needed character. They could do so many awesome things with him and they just never seem to want to. And and. We haven't seen them bring in a character that suddenly gels and works incredibly well in the show. Like, Lena Luther was not in season one, you know? She wasn't one of the OG castmates. She came in and she became, like, an essential part of the show. The same with, I'd say, like, Brainy, you know, has only been around a, 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 a full-time cast member for one season and he feels like he's always been on the show meanwhile james who's been there since season one feels like they have no idea why he's there (laughs) i could pitch five different storylines for james right right now I, i i i would probably pitch a couple of news newsboy legion stories you could do a whole thing with the um what was the the version of Guardian, the Hornblower, the Herald? Yes. I would I would pitch a Herald. Didn't, didn't one have a jetpack? Uh, that was Agent Liberty. We never uh, we never I, got we never I, got to see I, his jetpack. Never pack. got that jetpack either. Uh, uh, I'm gonna add that to my list of grievances. From <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know who could have had a jetpack? Jimmy Olsen. Yes. Why not? <laughs> Why not? He could he could have uh, interacted with another guardian from another earth known as the Herald. There was time there was like a time warping and or like a portal jumping that could have done been done that with uh done with that with the the horn blowing. He could have adopted some, you know, ragtag newsboys <laughs> and made a newsboy legion. He could have done so many things. Uh, in the show that could have been really awesome. And they just never wanted to take advantage of the Jimmy Olsen-ness of his character. And I just, that has always been frustrating to me because when he became Guardian, he was like, I'm not Jimmy Olsen anymore. And that that felt really meta to me that they were abandoning the Jimmy Olsen aspect of the character. And so I just, I would really love it if the show took advantage of this time that we have left with him 
and really get into the Jimmy Olsen stuff. I mean, there is still time for Turtle Boy. There is still time. And thankfully, Corey did us a big favor at the roundtable and asked Makad Brooks just like straight up, are you going to ever do Turtle Boy? And he seemed like he might be up for it. So take advantage of it. So recently in comics, they brought back the Jimmy Olsen series, the Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. It's by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. Right. And they reintroduced into canon Jimmy Olsen Turtle Boy. Right. Is there any chance we can see that in the few episodes you've got left? Here's the thing. That Jimmy Olsen doesn't look like me, does it? No. So, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's a separate universe. Uh, I would. I absolutely would play Turtle Boy because that would be interesting. That would be a lot of fun. Right? Or Elastic Lad. That'd be great too. Yeah. Turtle Boy. Turtle boy. Turtle boy. Turtle boy. Tur- That's going to be our chance. That's going to be our pants. Turtle boy. Turtle boy. Yeah, so I'm not getting my hopes up. But this, this, I mean, you only have so many episodes left. Take advantage of it. It feels like with a lot of other characters, I'd be like, no, that doesn't make sense with their character. We can't take that sort of twist or turn with them. But I feel like one of the joys of of James the Grown Man Olsen is that in many ways, anything is possible with him. Yes. Because he's been written so inconsistently, he can almost be anyone. He could almost be turtle boy <laughs> he could definitely be a turtle boy i don't know why it's out of the realm of possibility they had a they had an alien dragon in season four yeah they they can make him turtle boy they can give us this one thing we don't <laughs> ask for much we're not asking for a lot we're just asking for a turtle <laughs> <laughs> for my character you're gonna see the what it means to somebody when kind of everything they believe Everything that was solid in her life that she was holding on to, and especially as season four went on, as things started to be pulled away from her, and she found out that she started holding on more and more to the things she thought was real. And what does that mean for somebody when the whole world emotionally? Yeah, you know. And we're not we're not dealing with the biggest times like this. Like it's only a month, so it's, it's where does somebody put their energy when they get kind of emotional? And for Lena, what she's doing is she's decided that in a way that's never going to happen again. And the problem is humanity's broken. I mean, listen, Luther's done her small plan, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Lena has decided she's just going to fix humanity and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> that's, that's how we're never going to get hurt again. Let's get into some Lena Luther news. Uh, we, yes. we We found out in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that Melissa Benoist described season five as a, quote, fight for Lena's soul, unquote. And she added, quote, I was devastated that it was Lex Luthor that told Lena about the, the secret that Kara was Supergirl. That was such a shot in the heart to Lena, a character that my character loves so dearly. It was painful, unquote. Um, so it does sound like Lena Luthor will uh, be kind of maybe going back and forth between good and evil in season five, which is which is where I like Lena. So I'm very excited about this uh, to see where they take her in season five. I am excited to see how this whole storyline plays out um, because I think for me, gray area Lena is my favorite. Like, uh, not not quite a hero, not quite a villain. I like that Britney Spears song. 
<laughs> like that is where uh, that is where my girl Lena thrives. Like one second she's helping you out, the next second she's drunk. She's in a leather jacket. <laughs> Why do you have that gun? Like that is the Lena that I want. That I want this season. Uh, and I think that's the Lena we're gonna see. Uh, I I've gone on record many times as saying I would like her to stay in that gray area because I feel like once you commit to you know having. It, uh, all good Lena or all evil Lena, you kind of lose what makes her such an intriguing character. But I am really interested to see like where they're going with this now that she knows the secret. Yeah. In the trailer, uh, it seemed right up your alley because there was a lot of petty Lena Luther in there. She was like, I don't want to kill Supergirl. I just want to make her feel really bad. <laughs> yes. See, that is exactly it's, Almost as if they're they maybe listen to us about some stuff <laughs> because uh, Petty Lena Luther that's just like I don't know switching out Supergirl's like hair products so that her bangs <laughs> get really flat is is like the level of villainy that I want to see from her. <laughs> like she's not really trying to kill her, but like she's just trying to make uh, small inconveniences in her everyday life. Because you know what, you should have told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope we get a lot of that from Lena Luther. That would be uh, the perfect way to go about it. Uh, and in speaking of Lena Luther, we got some news about Eve Tesmacher. Andrea Brooks, who has recurred as Eve Tesmacher since 2016, is now being promoted to a series regular. So this is very exciting. We will get to see lots more Eve. And uh, she talked about uh, that when Miss Tesmacher, when she when she first came on the show as as the character, uh, Andrea wasn't uh, written like she was in season four. It was a left turn for her, and she has a thing for. A quote complicated men and uh, Andrea thinks that she is like an onion with so many layers and she's not just a double agent she is now a triple agent so there's a lot of uh, good intriguing things going on for Eve Tessmacher in season 5 especially probably with the Leviathan stuff so I'm, I'm glad that they are giving her more time because I think she did become uh, a really great character in season four. So I'm, I'm glad to see more of her. Yeah, me too. I think she's definitely one of those cases where, like, you didn't think much about her. And then all of a sudden it was like, what? Eve? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. That was one of my big uh, exciting pieces of news, I think, from even before, I think right before Comic-Con Awareers announced that she was going to be a recurring cast member. And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, in terms of Brainiac 5 news, uh, Brainy is going to be figuring out how he and Nia will get along together after what happened to him at the, at the end of season four when he kind of became that different version of Brainiac 5 that was a little more like some of maybe his other Brainiac uh, relatives. So I guess that would complicate things a little bit for their relationship. So it'd be interesting to see how they try to handle it. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the, the Brainy and Nia stuff will play out. I think that they did a really good job with it in the... Um, in last season, sort of having it be a slow burn as a as opposed to some of the other relationships on <laughs> Supergirl where it's like, I like you. And then all of a sudden they're together and like practically married. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I just want to see people like each other for a little while. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> just a little, a little unresolved tension. Uh, so uh, I, I liked that 
that we got and we actually got that stage of their relationship as opposed to just like jumping in it. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what, like, where are they going? Are they, you know, are they kind of together? Are they going to start dating? What would dating Brainy be like? I feel like maybe a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would agree. And uh, I thought you would find this interesting that uh, when asked about their favorite moments, Jesse Rath said that uh, the take the grass moment from season four was his favorite moment of the season. So lots of love for the take the grass scene from uh, Red Dawn in season four. So I'm, gl- I'm glad to see that that scene does ha- have its fans. Take the grass! <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Brainy, uh, we got some news about Nia. So Nicole Maines mentioned that a lot of what is happening in season five for her character of Nia is that she's trying to balance work and being a hero and finding her footing in her relationship with Brainy, as we talked about with the Jesse news. And I just want to give a shout out to Andy Babact from the Flash Podcast and Titans Podcast because he uh, allowed me to send him some questions that I had personally for these uh, cast members. And he did ask a question of uh, Nicole Maines about, uh, I was curious about Nia's relationship with Maeve. We didn't really get any closure on that in season four. Like I kind of thought we might, but it, it just, there was so much at the end of season four that it never came back up again. And so I thought their uh, dynamic as sisters was a, an interesting one. So uh, Nicole uh, thought that they should re- revisit Nia's relationship with her sister Maeve and that she thought it was important to show the re- resolution of that sister relationship. And uh, Nicole also, I thought, that, thought this was an interesting thing uh, that I thought could be a more storyline for the two of them is that Nicole also thinks that Maeve would give Nia some help in interpreting her dreams. So I think that that would be a cool thing for them to show because Maeve did study. She was preparing for this her whole life. So she probably is better at interpreting the dreams than Nia is. So I think that would be a cool way for them to bond over this and kind of resolve some of their conflict by working together. So I'm just saying, like, that's another story you could explore if you wanted to in season five. So I hope we get to see more of Nia and Maeve's relationship. Yeah, that sounds really that's something that I would definitely be interested in seeing more of. Um, because I thought that her, like that sister, I think that the show really does excel at those kind of like familial sister, especially relationships. And that was definitely one that was very complicated and, uh, and definitely could use a little bit more diving into. And to wrap up the, the Nia news, uh, I thought it was funny at the panel, Nicole mentioned that she has a notes app on her phone full of dream puns. She's big into the dream puns. So I guess we will get lots more dream puns in season five. Uh, she had some solid ones in season four. So I'm glad that she, you know, Nicole's really thinking, thinking about those dream puns. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. And some of the, the, the puns that she, I can't remember them from the panel now, but some of them were very fun, very funny. Yeah, she, she's been thinking about them. So I appreciate that extra work that she's putting into it. And I guess to wrap up some of our news and some of our Comic-Con coverage, even though neither of us were there this year. I have to say, it was so weird to not be at Comic-Con this year. I, I, um, I decided to really take a break from Comic-Con this year and um, focus on like focus on myself and focus on getting my wisdom teeth out. <laughs> I don't think I realized when I scheduled my surgery that I was scheduling it for Comic-Con weekend. So like not only did I have that like 
the like the the salt in the wound of like seeing everybody that I wanted to hang out with and seeing them all happy together and like Amy and Kat sending me pictures of them like <laughs> at dinner and I'm like I should be there but also I was like actively icing my face while this was happening <laughs> and I was like well I don't think I could be sadder right now <laughs> on the plus side I reminded myself repeatedly that last year comic-con gave me tonsillitis oh. so, <laughs> so there are some pluses and minuses <laughs> Oh, well, um, I'm sorry that you didn't get to go. And I I'm, know. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you're actually able to podcast with me tonight. So uh, <laughs> so there is that. At least we had Corey uh, holding it down for us, asking the questions that I would normally be the weird person at the table <laughs> asking, like Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Corey really made sure to ask those important questions everybody wanted to know the answer to. And uh, so now we have an answer to it. So thank uh, Thank you to Corey for that. Um, but since uh, we're, we're going to wrap up some Comic-Con coverage, uh, we had uh, uh, a tweet from at Mark HBPWM on Twitter who said, quote, Katie's velvet suit deaf calls for some hashtag boardroom or ballroom discussion, unquote. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it, Morgan. We've had a request for Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. <laughs> And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? So I guess we should maybe mainly talk about uh, Katie McGrath and what she was wearing, or we could also go into the other cast members if you want to if you <laughs> analyze the other uh, the uh, other fashion choices of the day. But I really, I really, I, I really enjoyed uh, what uh, Katie was bringing to Comic Con. Yeah. So let's start with Katie and then sort of work our way up. Uh, <laughs> Katie was bringing us um, everything. She was bringing us fashion. She was bringing us comfort. She was give, bringing us what I assume would be a very, very warm hug. Like <laughs> that's going to be a hug that you want to hold on to because <laughs> that velvet suit looked amazing and also so soft um i think i was more obsessed with her shoes mm. now her shoes looked are some are like <laughs> i don't know like if a wicked witch uh hooked up with a sexy pilgrim <laughs> like it's like, you know that like the, the that's exactly what it looks pilgrim. like you know that big buckle on the pilgrim hats it looks like um it looks like she is going to discover america and then have a house dropped on her and i love it i'm living for it <laughs> every year katie brings something truly special to comic con and this year might be my favorite of her looks there's just it's just amazing <laughs> That is the best description of those shoes that anyone could possibly give. I was I was impressed with everyone's Comic Con looks. Um, I you know David Harewood always looks great. He's got kind of like it's a little bit pulled together, but there's obviously a t-shirt under there. Melissa Benoist is serving us some like. Um, little house on the prairie. I'm about to go on a picnic realness, and I feel like the bangs are really helping with that look. Yeah, yeah. Like she definitely looks like she's put together. Like maybe we're gonna go hang out and eat out of a picnic basket. <laughs> maybe maybe she's someone's sister wife. I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Andrea Brooks looks so cute in her um, in her blue dress and like the little baby bump. Uh, I think we forgot to mention she's pregnant. Are do you think that they're gonna write? write that into the show or do you think they're going to write around that i imagine they would have to write it in i feel like they have to write it in in which case like man that's going to be even more like eve who are you (laughs) (laughs) i I definitely want it to be lex's baby but i don't think that's going to happen oh my god What if that could end up being Nasty Luther? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, she gives birth and, and Lex is like, what should we name it? And she's like, listen, I've been thinking about it. I've really been <laughs> some baby books. And I think we should name it Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> nasty Luther. <laughs> that, I think that's how they're going to introduce Nasty Luther. I, I, think. I would be okay with that. Uh, Eve Tessmacher's baby. I love it. So <laughs> this is her. This is her introducing Nasty Luther dress, and I like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Ozzy has like a very like Ozzy's dress looks like she is the um, the emoji of the girl the girl in the red dress dancing. <laughs> that's that's the look that she was going for. I like it a lot. Uh, Makad went with his usual outfit of like a very long shirt, a very long necklace, and like a sensible blazer. I feel like that's sort of the the look that he brings all the time. Kind of like he went to a yoga retreat and then remembered at the last minute he had a meeting. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesse, I think he's got like some sort of um, blazer on that has some sort of pattern on it. It's pretty cool. Uh, I feel like he is also wearing the Legion ring this year again. I think which he did. makes me love that actor so much that he has like this uh, the, this really in-depth knowledge of the character and he's like no no these are the brainiacs i want to in- evoke in my performance and um some of the other actors are like um what happened in the comics who's a turtle boy <laughs> <laughs> yes he is very committed to the the legion aspect kyler um her theme this year was colors <laughs> And uh, and I think that she did a great job with it. Um, she's got on like a bright yellow like top and a blazer, and then like bright green, green pants. Now, not u- usually a look I would be into, but I I just there's something about like all the colors where I'm like it just kind of makes me happy. Like I think I'm like a toddler where like if you dangle a bright color in front of me, I'm into <laughs> it. <laughs> So uh, I love it. And then I like that in so many of the pictures, she seems to be right next to Nicole, who is in like a uh, her her outfit is what I would call sexy pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> and, uh, and it goes really well, like right next to the yellow, like yellow and green and, or- and orange. They look like it's kind of like spring in or summer into fall or yeah. spring to yeah it's like a summer into fall look like like all the seasons are being represented in this cast photo like lena is uh katie is is clearly winter uh <laughs> she's a she's a sexy warm winter queen and uh <laughs> and melissa is like is springtime with a picnic and and uh nicole is rep is repping the fall <laughs> That is quite and that possibly is my fashion rundown of everybody from this cast photo I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> also, the producers uh, dress themselves. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> This has been 
Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? So I guess before we wrap up, though, we have some uh, SDCC-related snap judgments sent in by new Rachel. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. So the first one is, before he leaves, finding out that James lives under his desk... Or Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen. Ooh, this is a Ooh. tough one. This is we're really gonna have to dig deep to this pick this one. one. Okay, I know my answer, and it's a selfish one. James living under his desk. <laughs> you know, I really I think Turtle Boy would be a lot of fun, but I feel like James living under his desk would be very rewarding for us. I feel like James living under his desk would be a love letter to the podcast. <laughs> And yeah, I just, I th- I think we deserve it. I do. I feel we deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done so much. <laughs> All right. So the next snap judgment from new Rachel is Daft Punk Kara super suit or the new uh, Supergirl suit that we've gotten for season five. Hmm. You know, I'm going to have to go to the new suit because as much as I like Daft Punk uh, Supergirl, I, you can't see her face. So that's like a that's a little bit of a hindrance. So my answer depends on what. So my understanding of the uh, the Daft Punk Kara suit is that she would tap on the S shield of her Supergirl suit, and it would become the Daft Punk suit, right? Like it would just like engulf her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think I'm going to cheat a little bit and say the Daft Punk. Uh, Kara super suit because I also get the the original Supergirl suit with the skirt, but then I can tap on that and it becomes the uh, the Daft Punk Kara super suit. Is that fair? Can I make that choice? I think so. I, th- I think all's fair in, in snap judgment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna go Daft Punk Kara super suit on that one. All right. So our last one uh, from New Rachel is: Who would you like to see in Crisis? Helen Slater is an alternate universe Supergirl, or Linda Carter is an alternate universe Wonder Woman. Hmm. Um. You know what? I think Helen Slater because it's Supergirl. Because we're on Supergirl. Yeah. I. I don't. This. This was not a hard one for me at all. I would definitely choose Helen Slater as an alternate universe Supergirl. And this was actually something when I went to Superman Celebration, there was a question about this at the the panel with uh, Eric Durant and Helen Slater. And Helen Slater was like, dude, I'm too old for that. But I don't think she's too old. I don't think she necessarily has to be in the Supergirl suit, but she could just be like an, uh, a, a wise Supergirl from another Earth who consults, you know, the, uh, maybe our Supergirl, Melissa Benoist, goes and gets, you know, wise wisdom. If she doesn't want to wear the suit, she can just be a... Uh, a very um, uh, important part of Supergirl's, you know, Melissa Benoist's Supergirl's uh, experience and her journey. So I, th- I think it would be really cool to see Helen Slater as an alternate universe Supergirl. I'd be into that. No judgments on your snap judgments. 
Well, that's going to do it for our feedback section and our recap of Supergirl Season 5 San Diego Comic-Con news. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. But make sure you send in all the feedback before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That helps us get everything ready. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. Uh, We are also on Radio Public and Podchaser. You can find us on DC's fan page, which uh, you can locate at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. You can find links to all those things I just mentioned. Uh, I know it's a lot, but you can find the links to everything on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Richard for the DC TV plugs. Oh, yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I'm here to tell you that Supergirl Radio is a part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you like other shows on their network, like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and don't forget the classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to all this on DC TV Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter. And like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Well, you can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid and Instagram at TheDerbyKid. Uh, I've been tweeting a lot about The Young and the Restless right now. I'm big into my soap uh, this summer because when the summer hiatus comes around, uh, I might not have my regular TV uh, shows, but soaps don't quit. They're they're all year round, so I'm I'm in it with the Young and the Restless this summer. And Morgan, you might be interested to know this, but uh, Adam Newman, I've mentioned him before on the podcast, where he has exploded in a fiery uh, fiery uh, explosion and died. He's done that twice. <laughs> He's back. He's back. He's alive. Thank God. I was worried. <laughs> I know you were so worried about Adam Newman. He's so back. worried, Adam. Why? Why you got to be that way? I expect him to die in a fiery explosion uh, in not too long from now. Uh, <laughs> he, I'm sure it will happen again. It seems like a lot of people on soaps die in fiery explosions. Is that the number one cause of death on soap operas? Uh, well, for Adam Newman, it is. Definitely. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, well, I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. I recently recorded an audio commentary for Aquaman with Sam Otten, so that'll be something to look forward to. And I do a little voice acting over on a podcast called The Fakest, and I just recorded episode 207, and it has a meta commercial in it. Uh, so you might uh, want to check that out because Leanne, my character, might be promoting a certain podcast that you are listening to right now. Mm. So uh, thanks to Leanne Snyder over at the Vegas for uh, promoting uh, a podcast that is both uh, uh, near to both of our hearts. Well, thank you, Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what a champ she is. She, she is <laughs> such a champ. You can find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We um, will be recording our San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up 
uh, episode probably pretty soon within the next week or so. I might, you know, ask the girls to let my mouth heal up a little bit more. Uh, but also, I think it'll probably be like a Q&A style where I'll play the uh, the host who is just gets increasingly jealous over the course of an hour <laughs> and then uh, storms off at the end and then they just have to finish it themselves. Uh, <laughs> and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. Well, waiting for season five uh, to premiere might be tough, but we hope to make time pass quickly by continuing to put out content all summer long. And until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Lennon. And we hope that everyone has recovered from San Diego Comic Con. (laughs) 